The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Hello there and welcome to episode 12 of Inside UFLB. My name is Dean Millard, head of baseball for UFFS and co-commissioner along with Matt Soren for Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. And really excited to be on the program again today, presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports and proudly broadcast on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. You can also now hear our podcast that we'll tell you about on anywhere you find your favorite podcasts at Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Today's guest, I'm really excited about it. Show Ali, co-owner of franchise number three in UFLB. We will talk to Show in just a few minutes, but we do have some uh, important announcements to make and some really cool things to share with you, especially when it comes to some franchises. We have four more franchises or four franchises in total that have been revealed and we will show you those franchises on this show today if you have missed them already out on social media owner meetings wrapping up on saturday voting will decide many items uh, from the proposals that were sent in and uh, we will have the agenda and the zoom link sent out to the owners and gms uh this time after or this afternoon you might actually already have it by the time this show gets out the top prospect auction, all those details announced uh, from Brian Hernandez, February 19th to 21st. Uh, you can reach out to Brian for any of those details, and we will have some payment details on that shortly as well. And as I mentioned, catch UFSN podcasts in audio format. You can find these shows from Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, like this one, in, inside UFLB, in audio format for your commute so very cool but without further ado let's get to the second franchise reveal meet the wolf pack from five eyes entertainment group that's the ownership group sean latta will be the general manager austin latta will be the assistant gm and look at that three-headed wolf pack that is very sharp you can follow them on twitter at Wolfpack uflb so give them a follow and their scouting agency affiliations they'll be affiliated with five Five Eye Scouting Services and Infinity Blockchain Sports. And it, when it comes to the name, uh, the name originated from years of various teams through our fantasy sports careers and nostalgic stretches back into our Little League baseball time. It's a logo we would choose to wear on merchandise ourselves. Slick professional here here i love that there's a personal touch with the uh, time from little league and i agree i would uh, get that on a hat in a heartbeat good job wolf pack all right let's move on to another franchise re- reveal circus sports swing and trout owned by the circus sports group nick splain and sammy stevens will be the co-GMs for this franchise. And then the uh, familiar logo there, uh, at Circa Trout on Twitter, is where you can give them a follow. And Sammy Stevens 
will be their affiliated scout and a great storyline that uh, goes along with uh, Swing and Trout. The name comes from being a part of the Circus Sport Group family and we wanted to stay with the fish theme. Our mascot, Dipper the Trout, is the younger brother of the mascot of our football franchise, Stogie the Trout. Both trout live and coexist harmoniously at Circa Las Vegas, a pro-tobacco, pro-alcohol, pro-gambling indoor environment. And our favorite part of the logo is the fish chewing tobacco while swimming. So beautiful work uh, again. Uh, another professional franchise with a great look and an awesome storyline. Congratulations to Swingin' Trout. Our third franchise reveal is the Outlaws. Hands up. They are wanted by baseball fans everywhere. Gary Levick is the owner. Chris Gowdy will be the general manager. Uh, you can give them a follow on Twitter, Outlaws UFLB. So make sure you're giving them a follow. They'll follow back. We all help to promote each other. And how cool would a hat with Outlaws on it be? I think it would be dynamite. Uh, with the name, Gary says, I was just looking to be edgy, and when I look at the logo, I really can't just pick one thing about it. I love it all. And uh, hard to disagree with what Gary is saying there. That is an absolute dynamite logo, and uh, congratulations to uh, everybody. Uh, so far, who have uh, revealed their logo. Uh, we do have more reveals planned. We're just waiting to get some more information from the owners. So, as mentioned, if your logo and your name has been approved, please get those branding questions back to me in the email I sent out so we can reveal your brand and get the promotion train going. Really exciting stuff and really exciting guest coming up on Inside UFLB. So today's guest is uh, a person uh, a lot of people are getting familiar with when it comes to UFFS and particularly basketball and will be familiar with them in baseball. Sho Ali is going to join us. He's the co-owner of franchise number three in UFLB. He's also the head of basketball for UFFS. So uh, if you're into hoops, uh, you know him already or you want, and uh, you've heard him before on Fan 590 Radio in Toronto. Very pleased to uh, welcome in uh, Sho Ali uh, to the program today. Show, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Dean. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on. Always fun to uh, talk some talk some baseball. Although uh, you know, I'm crossing my fingers that the lockout ends as soon as humanly possible, so we can actually like you know start planning out our drafts and so on. Yeah, and just not talk about labor issues. I, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I, the, I was in, in uh, media for a long time before I got involved with UFFS. And, you know, I remember the NHL lockout covering it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. Like, you know, either you're going out and getting streeters uh, or you're just talking about the same thing. So just to be able to talk about who's going to have a great season instead of if there's going to be a great season will be uh, something that I think everybody is looking forward to. But let's start with what made you want to get involved with uh, the UFLB and, and purchasing franchise number three. Sure. Yeah. I so it's funny. I had, uh, I had kind of missed out on purchasing a franchise in some of the other sports. Um, I was, I was looking forward to that and I just didn't get a chance to with, uh, with football. I know Andy McNamara pretty well. He and I are coworkers and friends. So, that was kind of the 
one of the things there. And uh, I missed out on the, I obviously can't purchase one in basketball as the head of sport, right? So I ended up, uh, when the opportunity came up for Franchise 3, as baseball, one of my favorite favorite sports ever since a little kid here, obviously the Blue Jays here in Toronto. So I, uh, I jumped at the chance. Yeah, I uh, got in touch with you and got in touch with some of my pals and uh, we made it happen. It was really exciting. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you guys are going to be have, have so much fun. So tell us a little bit about the ownership group that you guys uh, have put together. And, and um, you know, was it uh, an, an easy sell? Was it a tough sell? What was, the, what was that like putting that group together? For sure, yeah. So Stefan Hoffman, who is the head of golf at UFF Sports, and then one of my really good friends, Keshav Sharma, um, they're the other two co-owners. And... It was, I don't think it was a tough sell because Keshav and I have known each other for a decade plus. And he, he and I were, were, were trying to decide whether or not we wanted to wait and get involved with soccer. Did we want to wait and buy a golf franchise? You know, how, how did we want to do that? And when the opportunity for baseball came up, and I know Stefan had been interested in it as well, so I just reached out to him. And he and I are two of the newer uh, heads of sport here at UFFS. So I reached out to him and he is also a Canadian like me, which made it a lot easier. Right. So that was kind of that was cool. And uh, he's on the West Coast. I'm on the kind of, you know, the mid mid East Coast, if we're, whatever you refer to as Toronto. Right. Not quite the East Coast, but uh, it was it made the discussions a lot easier. And we were on the same page. And we both share the same love for basketball. And the funny thing is, is that um, when, when we decided we wanted to purchase the franchise, the, the, the division of duties was uh, super easy. Right. Because. We all do kind of the same bit, but, you know, Stefan and, and, and Keshav are much more interested in, like, the marketing side of things and the branding and getting all the proper information out there, which is a- absolutely critical. And uh, I ever since we finished purchasing the franchise, I've been looking at who we we're going to take with number three and who, I, who, who might be available in the second and third round and some late round gems, that kind of stuff. So it's actually worked pretty well so far. Uh, that's awesome and and so important as you you hit on it uh, you know the branding and you know we've re- yeah. revealed some more franchises this week and and that is such a key I mean winning in fantasy is what we all want to do but succeeding with these franchises on a global level is ultimately the big goal yeah. for UFFS yeah exactly absolutely yeah 100 percent so I uh, he, he uh, Stefan and Keshav and I have all talked about how we want to grow franchise number three and how we want to grow things going forward. And it's, it's not just about, I don't want to just leave it and, you know, cross my fingers and hope that in like a year it's, it's, you know, the value of the franchise has gone up. I want to be involved in it, obviously. And I want to have fun doing it. That's obviously like a huge part of any playing fantasy sports in, in any, in any sport really. But, at the same time, you know, the more you put into this kind of thing is, is our view, the more you get out of it. And uh, it is fun kind of build. It's like building a real franchise. I mean, we like to say UFF sports is, you know, as professional fantasy sports that, that exists out there. And honestly, the I, I kind of knew that in a, in a more like nebulous way in my head from being the head of sport of basketball. But actually owning a franchise and deciding on the logos and the slogans and the social media and the emails and the logins and all sorts of things has uh, really driven that point home, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it really is. And and that's how I was involved. I got involved as an owner on the hockey side. Right. And you really do learn about, you know, A, what it takes to run one of these professional franchises because it's hard to do it uh, as a one-man show. And also that it is much more than just setting your lineup and drafting players. But that is a big part of it. So let's talk about some fantasy baseball stuff. How long have you been playing fantasy baseball? What do you love about it? Oh boy, I guess I, I feel like I've been playing fantasy baseball 
since I was in high school, right? So I guess I guess that would be like since the mid two thousands, I suppose. Um, and I guess fantasy, like it's funny, right? Because when you think about fantasy sport, I know fantasy football is incredibly popular, and so is fantasy basketball, and so on. But I feel like the original fantasy sport really is fantasy baseball, and you can you can probably thank all the baseball geeks out there for creating all the different things like sabermetrics and all the things that have come out come to the forefront of the media and the you know in, in our lifetimes at the very least, right? So I think I, I've always loved being able to dive deep into a player's like a, some kind of unknown late round sleeper and have him you know pr produce in a in a tremendous way and every year there's someone who jumps off the page and you know there, a lot of it is gambling a little bit certainly right sometimes you like you eschew making a more safer pick in the later rounds and and make a make a little bit of a dart throw and sometimes it works out for you sometimes it doesn't i i gotta say i think my favorite part though dean of fantasy sport period and fantasy baseball is a huge reason why I love trading with people. I think trading is so much fun. I think even even if your team is not doing great, or even if it is doing great, I have like a, I don't know what it is, I have a compulsion to trade and go out there and wheel and deal. I think it is so much fun. That is my absolute favorite uh, part of fantasy sport. Well, the owners, uh, your fellow owners in the league uh, will absolutely love you. Um, <laughs> you can get creative with trades. You can include score. Uh, and, and that's ultimately how we keep building and building the prize pool. So a lot of transactions is uh, music to the ears of the fellow owners. <laughs> and, and I can tell you that uh, some of the owners that are in hockey that are also in baseball also love to trade. So you'll be in, in good shape Ooh, okay. there. Do you have a favorite stat when it comes to fantasy baseball? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess this is not really, I, I guess with fantasy baseball, I um, on base percentage, I've always mm -hmm. been a big fan of, right? But uh, I know I, I know when it comes to the other stats as well. Like uh, it's a lot. Like it depends on what kind of league you play in, I suppose. But I guess that that stat has always been the most telling as to you know how how I don't want to say good, right? But like how uh, how talented a player is, or how how lucky or unlucky they are, right? You look at their like K percentage combined with some of these other stats. And I, I feel like, especially with fantasy baseball, these guys get so many plate appearances and so many at bats and pitchers and so on, get so many times up on the mound and so on that you sometimes like a, even a, a whole two weeks worth of games may not tell a whole story, which is crazy. Right. So there are some stats that I do like, but I often, I do like to look back on uh, OBP. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how, you know, in my lifetime, the game has changed. I mean, batting average was huge when I was a kid. And, and right. a, three, a 300 batting average, you were automatic Hall of Famer. And, you know, you bring in uh, what what I call baseball's version of hockey's trap with the shift. And, and the game has just changed and the, the direction and, and the intent has changed. But it's still fun to watch and I still love it. And I love it when people beat the shift uh, because... Uh, maybe sometimes uh, we will get more, uh, you know, spray hitters uh, coming up that the the shift will eventually go away. But when you look at, you, you know, your time watching baseball, who was your favorite player when you were a kid? And, and who's somebody that you really like to watch now that you just love tuning into? That's a great question. I think I, okay, well, when I was a kid, I my favorite player was Carlos Delgado. Wasn't even close. Carlos Delgado was by far and away, I mean, I'm from Toronto. I was, I'm born and raised in Toronto. So um, I was, 
like I was alive for the uh, the two Blue Jays World Series at the beginning of the '90s, but I was so young. I I, I have like only the vaguest recollections of those kinds of things. So I, at least for me, my my first real memories was you know going to see like going to see Carlos Delgado hit four home runs in a single game and mm. that kind of stuff. Right? He was he was so talented, and um, so he was easily my favorite player. And I, it's funny I've gotten a chance to I got a chance to interview him during the pandemic uh, on the fan here in Toronto. And he is the nicest guy. Like, there are some players who, when speaking to some of my colleagues at Sportsnet, where, you know, they talk about how some players are, you know, they have like a kind of a persona on field with fans and persona in real life kind of thing. Um, everyone I have ever spoken to says that Carlos Delgado is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, so that was that was actually kind of cool. That was kind of neat to get that done over the pandemic. But I, for a player today... I mean, I know this is again sounding kind of biased, but if I had to just narrow it to the Blue Jays, because I watch more Blue Jays baseball than I watch any other franchise, I I love watching Bo Bichette play baseball. Like, I it could, it's really easy to pick like Robbie Ray from last year, or uh, I don't know Vladimir Guerrero Jr., or certainly Marcus Simeon, and I wish him good luck on the Rangers. But Bo Bichette, he he's just he has that perfect blend of being kind of. I don't know. It's like not. It's 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 like cocky, but he can back it up, and he has the flow right with the hair, and he has a great swing. I just I love it. I love all everything about Bo. Yeah, he he just has kind of the the swagger and the hustle for sure. Uh, right. You know, it's funny. You talk about the uh, the Blue Jays World Series. You are a little bit too young to remember. I was just a little too young to celebrate. It happened right before my 18th birthday. Well, the the this, the second okay. one, and so all my friends went to the bar and celebrate. I waited outside uh, listening to the celebration <laughs> and the talk on the radio, and I actually have a better memory of it because I didn't go into the bar. I actually got to sit there and listen uh to national calls and 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 people and it was uh it was really really cool so that it's it's great how you have different memories of different things and and different memories of different players in different eras and 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 it would be great if we could all be talking about the players getting back on the field and hopefully that happens soon so you know the inevitable question has to come up whenever we're talking to somebody about baseball or our fantasy baseball league the ultimate fantasy league baseball what are your thoughts on the lockout so far are you optimistic is that optimism waning a little bit what are your thoughts well i think right before i came on with you dean i'd seen that the uh the players association and the owners are going back and forth on this you know, are they going to get a national mediator? And it sounds like they might not, right? So I, I admit my uh, my optimism for whether or not the season will start on time is waning a little bit, I freely admit. But I, I don't think the season is going to get canceled. I think maybe what might happen more than anything else is that maybe, you know, maybe spring training is, is severely curtailed. And in the first month and a half of the actual regular season we might end up seeing some very sloppy baseball get played i think that's what we're probably going to see like tons of strikeouts or tons of base running mistakes or whatever i think we're going to see like no matter when the season starts i think we're going to see a ton of that but if there's no spring training it's going to be like a thousand times worse but hey i i do i do have confidence that the season will start at some point it just it, it may not be a full 162 
You know, it's so funny. As a kid, I always wondered, why is spring training so long? Like, why are pitchers oh and God. catchers <laughs> reporting? But you, you get older and you realize that, you know, especially pitchers, these are thoroughbreds, right? And these are guys that they need time to unload. Like, I, you know, you look at a guy with Tommy John and it takes so long to get back to being able to throw, you know, a 92 mile an hour slider or something like that. And these guys need that time. So that is going to be important for them to avoid catastrophic injuries they're going to have to work in that spring training time and, and i'm like you we might not get a full 62 but i think we will get certainly more than the 60 game season with the dodgers and i'm a dodgers oh, fan i don't care they still won the world series but we're going to get i think <laughs> a, a longer series season than certainly that one and I just look at it both sides. Can they really afford another season where there's no fans watching baseball, which is what kind of happened live during the, the pandemic in, in 2020 for a while. So hopefully they do. Uh, and I am like you uh, confident that we will get something. Now you guys have a name and a logo. It, it will be revealed cool. very soon. You also get to pick your division name after the two teams in front of you make their pick. And, and we, we've been going back and forth. You guys are on the clock for that. Now the, the two divisions have been, picked for you so i know you guys Ooh, okay. have, have some Same. names in mind so you can send that to me we'll keep it quiet and then we'll put out an article about all the divisions but what have those discussions been like you know the name discussions the logo um what division and and, and of course even the players what, what have those been discussions been like with the ownership group yeah for sure so let's see on uh on the logo and name, I will freely credit Stefan on that. Stefan, it's funny. So we, when we, when the purchase was finalized, uh, Stefan was like, "All right, let's think about some names." And I said, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Keisha put out some names. I put out some names, and the, like it just so happened that Stefan put his his listing of names like in the chat first, and the very first name that he put is the name we ended up going with. And I said, and we all all three of us instantly liked it. And I thought to myself, "Okay, you know what?" I don't want to like rush this because this is going to be our name for the foreseeable future. So let's, let's all put in a couple more names and let's see what we get. So we all put in maybe like six or seven more names each and every single round of names, we kept coming back to the first one. And it's just funny to think that that is the, uh, the name we ended up going with, which is kind of cool. So uh, that's the official name that, like you said, will be revealed probably, uh, probably next week at some point. Um, same goes for the logo as well. We started speaking with uh, a graphic designer. I think uh, a lot of our, our colleagues at UFFS uh, are familiar with. So it's, it's a familiar design. I think a lot of people or maybe design work a lot of people will, will like. And I, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that the uh, color scheme was something that I, I uh, had a big say in because I've always loved kind of going a little bit outside the box there. So I'm excited for the official reveal. So um, like you said, next week on that one. Uh, um, for the rest of it, I guess when it comes to the division names, that's what it was, the division names, Dean. I, uh, we came up with a list of, I think, four names. Stefan and Keisha have really wanted Jackie Robinson. And I told, I'm pretty, like, I was like 98% sure, I mean, who could, how could you go wrong with Jackie Robinson, right? But um, I'm like 98% sure that that's one of the award names mm -hmm. for the UFLB. So I told him, I think, I was like, that's pretty sure that's, <laughs> that's off limits. And we were all kind of bummed about that. But uh, I'll put it this way. A lot of Blue Jays, as th the three of us are Canadian, a lot of Blue Jay-centric names uh, made it into our final four. Um, and uh, I, I think a lot of, because we're, Stefan, Keshav, and I are all of the same vintage, let's say, right? We grew up watching the late 90s baseball, mid-2000s baseball mostly. Uh, so it's a lot of names from that group, I'll put it that way.
All right. And the one stipulation, it has to be a member of the Hall of Fame. And uh, we think that right. brings so much credibility to each division name that it'll be a high standard. And uh, certainly some I wanted choices. Carlos Delgado. Yeah. I wanted Delgado, but he's he, he, he unjustly, Dean. He is not in the Hall of Fame, unjustly. But oh, well, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, there's there, that Hall of Fame discussion has taken on a life of its own over the since the late 90s, <laughs> right? Like with, yeah. the, with the questions. Um, but what, what is it about baseball that you love in general? I mean, you know, the, in the 90s, there was that chicks love the long ball and home runs. I love <laughs> right. the simple things about the game. I love hit and run. I love, you know, small ball. And, you know, people talk, oh, if you bring in the universal DH, you can't have small ball. Why can't your DH be a good hitter or a good bunter? And so I love the speed, the power, the defense. That's what I love about it. It's not that I don't love home runs and things like that. It's just those are the things I like. What, what do you like to tune into a baseball game for? That's a good question. I, I love the I love the general ambience of baseball, right? Like just being able to, especially in like the summer, the middle of the summer, because, you know, the the end of the season is always so frantic with the playoff pushes and the playoff races and every game means so much, especially if your team is in playoff contention. The beginning of the season, you know, like we talked about, things are still getting off the ground. Guys are getting back into shape. They're they're working back into into game form and so on. That's and that's totally that's necessary and it's totally valid. But those like middle of the day, middle of the summer day games where you can like kind of mosey on down to the ballpark and it's it's like a one p.m. day afternoon game and you can watch the Jays take on whoever is coming to town or what have you or watch it on TV and you can listen just to the sounds of bats and the balls hitting gloves and the, the umpires yelling their individual strike calls and so on. I just, I think more than any other sport, cause I love football. I love basketball. I love uh, hockey as well. More than those three sports. I think like the, the, the sport of baseball is, is the most conducive to maybe the radio, you know what I mean? And I think as someone who's worked in uh, work in radio and I love listening to the radio, it's just, it, there's something about it that, is so it goes so well with like kicking back with like a, a a bubbly beverage in your hand, let's say, right, and and just listening to it or watching it while you're outside mowing the lawn or I don't know whatever you want to choose to do. I, that kind of stuff I love about the the sport of baseball. I think it's it's so it's so easily watchable, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about it. You know, I enjoyed my conversation with Mike Wilner so much talking about play by play. I would love to get a chance to do baseball play by play at some point, but. One of my favorite things is, uh, you know, playoff baseball, whether you're watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio, and just the pause, and you can literally hear the anticipation hanging in the air from the crowd noise. And, you know, uh, Vin Scully is, is like a lot of people, uh, my favorite. And, you know, the right. way he would tell stories during the game and the pauses and he would let it breathe. I mean, my favorite baseball moment, the reason I'm a Dodgers fan is Kirk Gibson's home run in 88. And he oh let gosh, that yeah. just play air out. He just let it live on its own. And, and when you talk about baseball on the radio, we used to play a game called pitcher and catcher. Me and one of my best friends as a kid, Chris Kilmery, he was, the catcher and I was the pitcher and then we would reverse and the whole time we would have uh, Cheek and Howarth on the radio or whatever it was listening to, to games as we got older. So baseball on the radio is a lost art and I don't think enough people listen to baseball games on the radio anymore and, and I like you, I, I absolutely love it. So 
I'm glad that we were able to chat about that, both being uh, in the uh, the broadcast industry. So this might be a tougher question, and I don't. I know you might offend some fan bases, but hey, this is fantasy oh. baseball. We're going to offend owners sometimes. But is there an overrated <laughs> team in Major League Baseball, Ooh. in your opinion? Look, I, I spoke. I spoke a lot about the Blue Jays today, Dean. So uh, I'm not going to – you can probably guess where I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to crap on the Orioles, but uh, the overrated team has got to be the Yankees. It has got to be the Yankees, Dean. I'm sorry. Like, I just I, – I know that the Yankees are arguably branding one of my most famous brands in maybe pro sports, I would say, right? But when it comes to the Yankees, I just – I don't know what it is. I just – I, I dislike their managing staff, their the players a lot of the time. And and the worst part is they beat the Blue Jays about half the time. So I freely admit it is a one million percent biased answer. But the Yankees, I mean, for being like the evil empire of baseball, they haven't won a World Series in forever and they still get all the top billing. I know it's New York, big one of the biggest cities in the world, it'll probably always be that way. Boston, the Red Sox are a very close second, but I just I don't know I can't I can't quite uh, go go away from picking the Yankees. I wanted to say the Rays, but I don't know that they're overrated. They're just they're so good, and I hate that they're so good. But I don't know that they're overrated, so I'm going to go with the Yankees. You know, when you talk about the Yankees that way, it's like the Toronto Maple Leafs, except the Yankees have had multiple <laughs> World Series since 1967. <laughs> but the Yankees haven't won in a while, and they're still one. You know, the the ultimate brand of Major League Baseball. The Leafs haven't gone out of a first round in however long, Ooh. and they're still the most profitable <laughs> team. And and that goes to show you that even in UFLB, you might not have the best roster, but if you have the great branding, you have a logo, you you can have a lot of success without winning a title. It's the same in real sports as it is in UFLB. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's funny. I had seen earlier today. It was a poll of the most. Uh, interacted with uh, sports brands in hockey across the world, in the whole world, right? So if you look in Russia, for example, as you might imagine, it's the Washington Capitals because of guys like Ovechkin sure. and Kuznetsov and so on. But when you look in North America, it's obviously a large part of it are the Tampa Bay Lightning because they've won two straight Stanley Cups. But all over the world, Italy, large, tons of countries in Europe, obviously in Canada as well, parts of South America, parts of Africa, are the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, and like you said, that the branding reaches so far, like more than I think people really would imagine for, you know, when it comes to hockey, you think of like the Nordic countries and you think of North America and that's probably it. But it, it's it's shocking how far reaching some of these brands can be if, they, if they're developed appropriately over a long period of time. Yeah, it's such a good point. All right, let's wrap up with uh, just quick basketball talk. Obviously, you're the head of basketball, so you're very busy there. What's that been, and what are some of the exciting events that you guys have on the horizon? Yeah, well, a lot of the owners have been, uh, well, all the owners actually have been uh, very, uh, very welcoming, which is really cool. Um, a lot of them have experience in uh, a lot of the other sports across UFFS, so uh, they have been, you know, a lot of them have brought their knowledge and experience and we're trying to make things flow as, as well as possible. Uh, the next couple of big milestones, I guess, for the basketball uh, world are the uh, futures auction because March Madness is coming up, of course. And who doesn't love to watch the March Madness? I feel like even if you're not really a huge basketball fan, the, the sheer chaos of the college D1 tournament, it can be appealing to a lot of people. So we have our futures auction coming up right before Selection Sunday. That's on Saturday, March 12th. And uh, scouts and everyone will be able to to get their hands on some of the uh, future stars of not only the NBA, but the UFBA as well. 
Oh, that's awesome. March Madness is terrific. I mean, games all day, especially in the early going, yeah, you know, you get an upset alert and you turn tune into that game. And, and I remember at, uh, when I worked at global television, the March madness pools were great. You'd have like the current affairs reporter or the medical reporter <laughs> popping out of the edit suite to check on what's happening with Creighton or something like that to see what's going on in their pool. And then they jump back in to finish. It's just, it gets everybody involved. So I'm really looking forward to that and uh, the futures auction and having you guys involved in the UFLB show. This has been a a lot of fun. I hope we get to do it again. And I know you're bringing your uh, broadcast talents uh, to UFFS as well. So thanks for joining me on Inside UFLB and best of luck with the baseball team. Thank you, Dean. I look forward to uh, getting the logo reveal out there and I can't wait to send you my division, my division uh, name. I I think it's going to be a good one. That was so fun. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with Sho uh, just in our head of sport group and getting to know him and uh, really going to look forward to that ownership group uh, along with all of them and building this league into something awesome. If you'd like to get in touch with us, if you want more information about UFLB, hit us up on Twitter at the UFLB. You can also get to Brian Hernandez through the scouting Twitter handle at UFLB underscore scouting. If you're interested in becoming a scout, hit up Brian. He'll give you all the details. If you just want to email us, info UFLB at UFFsports.com. And if you'd like more information on UFSN and how you can get your show on the program, send an email to UFSN at UFFsports.com. And a couple of websites to check out for sure www.uffsports.com where sports NFTs come to play and if you want to see those NFTs it's ultimate sports NFTs.com so those are the websites you can get your NFTs right now there's some free ones there's some $5 ones get your hands on uh, some ultimate sports NFTs at ultimate sports NFTs.com so that is the, the contact information. Just want to wrap up the show and remind all the owners and GMs that the uh, final meeting will take place tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. We will send out all the information if you don't already have it by now. And this is where uh, the fellow owners that have made proposals for change will make their case. We will prevent the voting options. You can ask questions, discussion, and then after the meeting, we'll send out the voting options so we can get this underway. And then you guys and girls will know the rules for when you're preparing officially. There won't be any changes that we will make until next offseason unless it's made by Major League Baseball first. And this is very important because we could see an expanded playoff, which we would adopt. Good news for everybody else. If they go to a draft lottery, different things like that, uh, big system changes, uh, we will adopt too. But owner proposals will not happen now other than the ones that have come in until the off season when you can have a year to see what the league was and then make your suggestions uh, so really excited about the uh, proposals that came in from the owners really excited to give uh, the fellow owners a chance to vote and discuss them on Saturday but the only changes after these ones go in will be if major league baseball makes changes coming out of this lockout and we'd all I think like to see an expanded playoff well I shouldn't say all I would anyway and a lot of the people that I talk to fantasy baseball teams I think want to see more than 10 baseball teams in a 30 team league for sure 
All right, that is going to wrap things up. Of course, this show is part of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. UFSN is your one-stop fantasy sports shop. You can follow along on Twitter at UFSN or UFS Network, and you can find UFSN on YouTube. Also, search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find your podcast and you can listen to these shows in audio format and then check out the YouTube channel to watch them later if you would like. And if you would like to get your show on the network, email us UFSN at UFFsports.com. We would love to have you as a part of the program. We would love to have you, your show on the network, having a lot of fun and being a part of it. That's the way we want to be. One more piece of advice for everybody out there that is listening, whether you're involved in real sports or you are involved in fantasy sports. You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Of course, the great Crash Davis closing out the show for us uh, with advice that we can all live by. Not just Nuke Lelouch. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Thanks to Show Ali for being part of the program today. I look forward to the owner meeting tomorrow and continuing to build this great league. One more piece of advice for everybody out there. Ban the shift. We'll see you next week.